Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. D.C. government announced that it is pausing all new international student applications at new post-secondary institutions for two years uh, to eliminate exploitative practices and improve the quality of post-secondary education in the province. That's what the government said. Now, Selena Robinson, uh, the uh, Minister for Post-Secondary Education and Future Skills, was on our show uh, yesterday. Uh, she was also on the show last week as well. Uh, I just want to conf- uh, talk a little bit about the numbers here in our province before we go and hear from Ms. Robinson. Uh, now, B.C. has approximately 540. 45,000 post-secondary students, about 175,000 are international post-secondary students. That's about 30%, just over 32% uh, of all students in British Columbia, post-secondary students, uh, are international students. We have the, we're the number two destination in Canada after Ontario. Uh, and the numbers there are really mind-boggling, just for a second. About 76% of all tuition fees for colleges in that province come from international students. It's just, And that's a stat uh, from the Higher Education Strategy Association. Uh, the report estimates that students from India alone will provide Ontario colleges with $2 billion in operating revenue for the 2023-2024 school year. It does speak to uh, how addicted uh, our public institutions, certainly private colleges also, are to international students. Now, I did speak to Selena Robinson, our minister, last week as well about, you know, why did we walk ourselves into this mess? She says the minute she got in uh, as the new minister, she saw a problem. Take a listen to her comments in regards to what uh, she said uh, she saw when she became minister. When I became the minister a year ago, I was hearing these stories and doing some investigation, talking, getting the data, talking to people. I I brought it to to the premier saying, I am really concerned. This is not okay. And so we started working like seven, eight months ago on putting together a package to, to address the system and making sure that the students are being treated fairly um, and that they are getting um, the quality education that they deserve, that they're paying for. Mm -hmm. They're paying for it. Um, and that hasn't always been the case. So I am fully prepared to take action, and you'll, you'll see the details of that next, next week, but taking action to address those folks who are not uh, meeting standards. All right. And the minister, as I said yesterday, did make that announcement about pausing all new international student applications at new post-secondary institutions. But who's to blame here? Like, where did we fail? The feds are responsible for immigration, the provincial governments for post-secondary education, which means they license private colleges as well. Well, joining me now to talk a little bit about the issue is Ujil Dasanj, former Premier of British Columbia, former Federal Minister of Health as well. Uh, Ujil, thank you for joining us today. Good to be with you. Uh, who do you blame? And maybe blame's not the right word. How do you think we've walked into this mess? I think we walked into this mess because um, we as a country became greedy for, for quick cash. It's a misnomer for provincial and federal government to say we need healthcare workers, we need uh, nurses, we need others, therefore we need students. That's not necessarily true. We need immigrants, but we didn't necessarily need students. Um, I think that uh, we walked into this because um, it was essentially a cash cow uh, for private institutions and public institutions. And, uh, and we um, became addicted to that cash. 
you know, the, the thirst for cash uh, made us blind to the human cost, both in terms of the Canadians that are already here and in terms of the students that are coming in that are being abused and exploited. And, uh, you know, this is not new. We've been hearing stories about exploitation and abuse of the students uh, for the last couple of years, at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you walk around in the South Asian community and the Indian community in particular, you hear stories about abuse, financial and uh, sometimes often physical or sexual abuse of students who are under very uh, difficult circumstances trying to trying to make a go and they've borrowed money back in India or some other country and they uh, don't have the resources. They're working long hours yet not getting paid and being abused. We've known about this. There have been stories in the papers and on radio and other places. And uh, for the federal minister to say, we just found out like two, three months ago, that's absolutely hogwash. I actually hold the federal government more responsible than the provincial governments because immigration is controlled by the federal government. If we need healthcare workers, if we need teachers and professors and skilled technicians, then we should get immigrants. It seems to me that when we were getting immigrants, we, our society was more at peace. And, uh, you know, people came, they began to work, they began to contribute. And, uh, and you know, if you want immigrants, then get immigrants. If you want money, get students. I mean, these students are really immigrants, prospective immigrants. Mm-hmm. They pay huge amounts of money to essentially go to the, to, to the diploma factories or mills um, that have mushroomed overnight in the last three, four, five, six years um, that are abusing and exploiting students. This is not how you build a civilized country and a great economy. And even in terms of uh, the numbers that they've reduced, the economists in Canada essentially are of the view that the $200,000 uh, person deduction in terms of the number of students is going to have a marginal impact. And what we've done, we've made ourselves addicted to cheap labor of the students mm-hmm. and huge amounts of met cash from the students. And what these economists are arguing, that we need to actually deal with our own issues of productivity and, uh, and uh, getting better mileage of our own resources. Um, and, you know, so it, it's not a win-win situation for Canadians. But uh, you mentioned the federal government, you blame them more. And I understand why, and I, and I don't disagree with you. But it, isn't it also that probably since the 80s and 90s, probably the 90s, um, we've allowed international immigrants to essentially subsidize our own post-secondary system because they pay so much more. And, and, and the provincial government, to a certain degree, has allowed that as well, saying, you know, this is going well, we're charging them more, they're paying, let's keep this going. I mean, they're, they're to blame as oh, well here. Oh, oh, absolutely. I mean, there's no question. Uh, you know, we, we've not been funding our public um, education institutions to the tune that we should be. And we are now depending on foreign money to come in in the shape of foreign students who go to sometimes, quite often, in fact, to substandard institutions uh, where there is, you know, almost no oversight. I mean, the oversight by the um, private training institutions branch is is like it's it's dismal. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a small branch. It isn't able to um, do the oversight on, uh, you know, thousands of students that are now in various private colleges that are mushrooming 
in the last uh, two or three, four years. So, you know, the, the blame is to go all around. I mean, the, the provincial government becomes addicted to extra cash and the federal government becomes addicted to, to the cash, too, because they have to because, you know, the federal government also funds post-secondary education through uh, through transfers. Mm-hmm. Um, and therefore, if, if they can create an extra source of cash for the provincial governments, there's less pressure on them to fork out transfers. So it's all around. Uh, I was just looking at an article yesterday. Thompson River University in uh, Kamloops uh, had 4,200 international students for this semester. That's roughly, according to the president, half of the student body. And I go, when did our public institutions, when we envisioned them going, yes, one day we hope half the student body are international students. Of course, you want some and it adds to the richness of the campus. But 50%, I think, is just absolutely ludicrous. I mean, the numbers that have been announced now provincially or even federally, what would you like to see? Do you think they need to be cut by another 50% in your mind? Oh, at least. Yeah. They, they need to cut, be cut by another 200,000. You know, it, it, it's not just the uh, number of students that are coming in. The kind of, um, kind of pressures that we have on housing and, and the like, um, you have to know that, that uh, you have, in fact, um, several hundred thousand immigrants, um, permanent residents that are coming into the country. On top of that, there are foreign workers. So it's not just the students' numbers, it's the other numbers as well. And they add to the pressure on housing, on transportation, on all of the other issues, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and health care. And, and I think that the, the federal government really needs to take a look, and the provincial government really needs to sit with the federal government in terms of the, the social uh, transfers that they get, and say, look, we need to wean ourselves away from this extra cash that's coming into the country, it's actually playing havoc with with our way of life and with the society that we have. And we're not really integrating people. Uh, we're essentially getting immigrants, uh, but we call them students. Yeah, I mean, and so we charge and, and, and we charge them money. I mean, I was just, I'm fascinated with some of the TikTok videos and Instagram videos where literally villages in Punjab are emptying out of young people and they're selling land to bring their kid, to make sure the kid gets here. And I go, what has happened to Canada that we allowed this kind of silliness to go on and just exploited people? That's not what we're oh, about. Absolutely. Uh, that's not, that's not what Canada is. I mean, I came to this country as an immigrant. We need immigrants, but we need immigrants. We don't need young people that we exploit. We want these young people coming in as immigrants, process them as immigrants. If we don't want them, let's not get addicted to this foreign cash in our public universities and colleges. We need to be able to fund these things ourselves. Yeah. Well, Joel, uh, thank you, as always, for your time. I appreciate the conversation, and, uh, and I agree with you. We need to be doing more. Thanks so much. Good to talk to you. Bye-bye.